The Fantasy Basketball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash SGPN. That's SoBet. Dot io backslash sgpn and of course don't forget to download the sgpn app your home for all of our free picks and podcasts hello and welcome into the fantasy basketball podcast presented by the sports gambling podcast network i am your host justin bruni we have a very special episode for you guys tonight we have a special guest uh, thomas christian from the stream the goaded podcast and with us, as always, is our co-host, Stephen Hammond. How are we doing this uh, this evening, gentlemen? So far, so good. Yeah, doing good. Uh, enjoying some basketball. Yeah, right on, right on. We got a whole uh, whole slew of games here. Any of you guys have anything up uh, that you have, uh, you know, impactful interest in? I got interest in this uh, Jazz Rockets game right now. I'm okay. hoping for a blowout for the Jazz. I am I'm in that boat as well. I'm looking for Christian Wood under 28 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Hoping uh old boy Gobert takes care of business for me. How about you, Christian? Any, or Thomas, anything out of, out of uh I know you just got out of class. You know, you ain't got anything on the tube that you're catching up on? Um, uh, so not not necessarily. I've I've been at work basically all day. So work ah, class and then this. Yeah. It's only six PM on the West Coast, but uh yeah, I haven't been able to get to uh games yet. Man, that's got to be nice, you know, getting around to 6 p.m. and you got games in the fourth quarter on the East Coast. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that, you know. I, it's, it's not it's, a bad life. Not, yeah, it's it's it's, it's really not. And uh, I mean, when, once you get things going out there, I mean, like, how late are you really up, like watching games, like the latest? Uh, latest 10 easily. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I'm sitting around until like midnight or one in the morning, you know, wait waiting for winners or losers. <laughs> Yeah, I love those little late night tweets where they have that, and then I'm just like, eh, can't really. Sorry, and we get better weather. So, <laughs> West Coast, best coast. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? East Coast, Beast Coast is how we say it out here. But I get it. I get it. Uh, great to have you on, man. We're gonna jump into some West Coast basketball right now. Actually, we're gonna talk about the state of the Lakers. It has been a rough go uh, since the uh, since the trade deadline, and even worse since the All Star game. I don't believe they have a win since the All Star game. They're three and seven in their last ten. Their odds to win the finals are slipping. They're plus 4,000 on betonline.ag. They're plus 4,900 on um, on FanDuel to win the finals. We got Anthony Davis out for another four weeks here. So we'll start with this, guys. Are you buying or selling the Lakers actually in the playoff bubble? They're in the 10th seed right now, or I'm excuse me, the ninth seed, 27 and 34 with 20 games left. 
but the Pelicans are kind of surging behind them. They were 13th at the trade deadline. Now with the moves that they've made, they're up to the 10th spot, just two games behind them. Do you guys see the Lakers, you know, still making it into the bubble? Yeah, let's get uh, the West Coast perspective first. I'm interested to hear that. Okay, gotcha. I just want to make sure. Uh, so the thing is, is LeBron and I mean, you can't ever count out LeBron in terms of playoff predictions, in terms of, I mean, everybody kind of knows that as a golden rule at this point, even in year 17. Uh, you mentioned the Pelicans earlier. There's a lot of other great play-on teams. I think one of the better things, the little anecdote here is that LeBron James, when the play-in tournament was first predicted or, or first uh, proposed, mm-hmm. he actually quite criticized the play-in tournament. He really disliked <laughs> the idea. And so now LeBron James, yeah, coming in, obviously relying on that play-in tournament in order to get into the playoffs. And what right. what's that going to really amount to? I mean, you get into the play-in tournament. We saw that last year. Both both, all, both teams were for first round exits, so it's just not going to be mm. something that's that's really viable for a solution. And I, I think that you know the Pelicans specifically, if we're just going to use that as like a case, right? They bring in CJ mm. McCollum. All of a sudden, they've got a functional depth, a functional team. You move Jackson Hayes to power forward. Boom, you got a role player right there. And it's crazy that the team with a little bit of chemistry on offense and a little bit of grit on defense is going to be able to outpace the Lakers. So that's just. That's just how I see it here. It's it's really tough. Uh, I was looking at the schedule. The Lakers, of their 20 remaining games, 16 of those games are against teams with winning records. That that means that most of those teams are playoff contenders or, you know, similar like like the Wizards. I know are a game ahead of them. They're on the schedule. So that's, you know, that's pretty even still. So maybe call it 15 teams that are like, you know, technically better, like on the floor. Uh, the Pelicans have 12 out of their last 20. So they both have 20 games left. You know, is essentially, you know, who's going to finish out that uh, that two game edge there. But like you mentioned, there are some other teams that are right right there with them. The Spurs, uh, they're uh, three games behind the Lakers. Uh, Sacramento, I, I'm not buying it, but, you know, that lineup is starting to get a little bit more fine tuned uh, with Trey Lyles starting at the four. We're going to get into some of those other guys as well. Jackson Hayes, Trey Lyles here in the back end of the show. So it, it is an interesting situation. I'm it's it's tough for me to bet on them. Like if I'm putting out my own money for them to make the bubble. What I'm seeing on the floor right now is not looking good. Uh, I thought that Mavericks game was a very winnable game. I thought the Pelicans, who they play even a few more times here down this stretch of the last 20 games, you know, they look terrible in that game. They give up 16 turnovers at half. So I can't really put my money in this pot. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm staring clear of it right now. Like you said, I wouldn't put my own money on it. I I don't th- I think maybe the Pelicans could push them. Um, but mm-hmm. looking at the teams behind them, Trailblazers, Spurs, Kings, I just don't think they're going to have enough down the stretch. I do think that there's going to be some games where the Lakers are what we thought they'd be. Um, mm-hmm. And and with LeBron James, you're never really out of it. Um, but I think there is some some worry for them and obviously that might just get them in but you you right. obviously you're planning for beyond that and i they're really struggling um russell westbrook just hasn't been himself all year and doesn't seem like he's going to be shaping up i think in his last eight he's failed to hit double digit assists at the very least that's what you're wanting from him right now if his mm-hmm. shots not falling things like that um so yeah it's definitely time to push the panic button on him um, and hope AD can really come back as soon as possible. Yeah, I'm waiting for that playoff mode activated tweet from LeBron to drop like uh-huh. any any day now, any minute. Uh, Anthony Davis, yeah, right. Anthony Davis would be a healthy. Re- 
reprieve. He was playing well before going down. And obviously he just gives them a much uh, stronger presence in the paint. And you don't necessarily need Russell Westbrook to be playing as bad as he is. He can still do that and they can still have success. So really tough situation. Let's say they do persevere. Let's say they do make it in uh, to that nine spot. What gives them what matchup gives them the better chance of moving forward? Is it the Clippers or is it the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because they're about a game apart from each other. I don't see Denver uh, falling into that territory like the seven or eight spot. I would be more afraid of the Clippers. And I just see a team that they can get functional production out of dudes like Avita Zubucks. Freaking mm-hmm. Amir Coffey dropping 25 oh, yeah. a night out of nowhere. Marcus Morris Sr. leading the team in scoring. For some reason, I didn't think that this was possible at the beginning of the season, but quite frankly, the eyes don't lie. And you, you just have to take them and you have to treat them as a real play. Like in the playoffs, no, I, I don't see them getting out of the first round. But in a play-in tournament mm-hmm. where everything's on the line, of course they're going to put it all out there. The Timberwolves, on the other hand, they sort of don't have an identity still. That's something that the Clippers can hang their hat on. They have sort of a blue-collar mindset. Uh, Timberwolves, mm-hmm. they tend to play like their opponent and then out-talent their opponent if they win. Mm-hmm. If they lose, it's because they tried to play like their opponent and their opponent lost or their opponent beat them. So if the Lakers get into a matchup with the Timberwolves, I actually see that as a better matchup just because you know you have LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. You've got guys who know how to win in the playoffs. I don't know if Russell Westbrook knows how to win in the playoffs, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. And you can take you can take the Timberwolves, and you can you can take a guy like uh, Anthony Edwards on the wing, and then match him up mm-hmm. with a Taylor Horton Tucker. And you can take a guy like Cat in the paint and match him up with Anthony Davis or LeBron James. You can figure out matchups, and, and I think that a guy like Frank Vogel especially can work that way. And uh, you know, establish some sort of an identity there. Right. Yeah. I, I think that is a much better matchup the way when, when I think of the Timberwolves, I instantly think of team that beats good teams, but loses the bad team. So it's kind of a coin flip there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they could lose to the magic one night, but then beat uh, Denver or the suns another night. It's just like, where did this team come from? Right. You know, it's very strange. They're, they're hot and cold uh, season that they've, they've, that they've got going on here. I do think that, that the Pelicans would also be trouble. The, the Clippers would definitely be trouble. I love the depth that they have. If somehow Paul George comes back to this team, they will be loaded uh, for the playoffs. Crazy to to think that Kawhi could still come back, but there are still kind of like whispers or murmurs of it. I'm not betting on it to happen, but if they even got just one of those guys back, they'd be in a very good position uh, to potentially take down a team like the Suns in the first round who could still be missing Chris Paul. We're we're not really sure how long he'll be out, so that would be an interesting situation. Steve, what teams are going to threaten the Lakers the most here at the bottom of the, the Western Conference in the bubble? I think it's the Clippers as well. Timberwolves kind of lack that playoff experience, I feel like, with the guys they got still kind of a young core, whereas mm-hmm. the Lakers, obviously, some sometimes they almost look too old. Um, but I, I think the, the Clippers, I mean, you get Paul George back, he's that superstar that can really anchor your team, and they've done a good job about building the you know whole crew around him. Um so, yeah, I really think it's the Clippers right now that's probably staring down mm-hmm. the Lakers. And if you're the Lakers, you want to avoid them at all costs. Yeah, the Clippers also, for note, they received Norman Powell and Robert Covington from Portland in a huge uh, uh, trade dump. Norman Powell is hurt, but, you know, if we're expecting potentially George to come back, we would have to take into consideration Powell as well. And that just makes them a very, very deep team. You know, Reggie, Reggie Jackson... Um, Norman Powell, like I mentioned, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, 
Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, who Thomas uh, referenced. You still have Nick Batum and Covington and Zubats. Like, this is a very, very deep roster. You had Paul George to that, super deadly. You had Kawhi Leonard. I think you can, act, I mean, if like a fully healthy Kawhi Leonard, you could actually talk about them going to the finals. Um, let's get back to the Lakers here a little bit. Down the stretch, you know, we got 20 games left, like we mentioned. It sounds like we're like, we're all kind of doubting them here. But what what type of value can we still get out of these guys? Like, do we believe that they're going to pack it in or that they're going to throw up stats down the stretch? So of the remaining, you know, Lakers that are, are still there, Anthony Davis, of course, you know, the, you know, LeBron, Carmelo, Dwight Howard, some of these even lower names like, um, you know, Town Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves. Who do you think is going to provide the best value for fantasy owners down the stretch? This can be with, you know, regular fantasy basketball, props, DFS, uh, gambling bets, you know, totals, whatever you're looking at. Who, who's going to be the biggest value play down the stretch for the Lakers? We'll start with Steve. Um, I mean, obviously, LeBron James, he's the one who's kind of writing the ship for the Lakers <laughs> right now. When you mm. when he was in, when they were down uh, monumental to the Pelicans the other night, and it, they were down, I think, 22, um, five mm. minutes left in the game. Why is LeBron even still on the court after the pathetic performance they had? But he's out there chasing buckets, so I think you can count on him. I'm, I'm selling on Dwight Howard, though. Uh, he put together two really, really good games. And then last night just really made me scratch my head when he played the last four minutes of the first quarter, never saw the court again. I, there was no injury set or anything that I saw. And I really thought they were lacking a big, a big man who could, I mean, against the Mavericks, obviously the Mavericks are a little, um, light at the, at the bigs, but I still Mm. felt like there is a, they, the Lakers lacked a, uh, big man in the post consistently and they just didn't play Dwight Howard. So I'm really out on him. Um, fantasy wise, I, I still like uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, I, I think he can add enough with all he does. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, there's, there's not too many bright spots here. Yeah. Russell Westbrook's numbers are down. He was averaging 42 fantasy points per game this season across the last week down to 31.45 and across the last month, even he's at 33.72. So yeah, it, he's in the dumps right now, uh, missing wide open shots. I mean, guys are like letting him just take it from the top of the key. Like, go ahead, bud, go ahead. Mm-hmm. We'll let you shoot. Go ahead. And it, it's getting kind of embarrassing. Uh, the attitude's not there with them. I mean, they're, they're definitely disgruntled. This is a team that needed to be rebuilt a little bit at the trade deadline. And I think even the players are you, like you can see um, like their anger with it or their, their, uh, their issue with not being, uh, you know, potentially a new squad on the floor. I think that's what they were thinking was going to happen. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to come back after the deadline and Russ ain't going to be here anymore, guys. Don't worry. We're going to get Austin Reeves another four or five minutes, but we're going to get another, another real baller in here. I don't know. I, I really like uh, Carmelo Anthony, the value that we're getting from him. Uh, 34 fantasy points per game across the last week, 31.82 across the last month. On the season, he averages 26, so he's playing at a much higher clip. Uh, he gets more scoring opportunities, playing a lot of minutes. Uh, he's the guy that I would attack for in like DFS. He's going to cost less than Russ, who's averaging less fantasy points per game than him. And I think that his totals, like points, rebounds, assists, or even just points and rebounds, are pretty friendly. Like he's obviously not like a like a guy that people are chasing for on on those numbers. So if you ever get him anywhere from like I don't know twenty to twenty three and a half points, rebounds, and assists in a night, I'm all in on that. I'm I feel pretty good about that. Anything higher, twenty six and a half or higher, I probably stay away from. But I think there's probably some value there. And, uh, man, I wish I could say some nice, thing, nice things about Talon Horton and Tucker, but the Lakers just aren't using this guy the right way. I don't know what it is. Thomas, jump in here. What do you, what do you think? Who's going to give us the best value down the stretch here for the Lakers? 
Well, of course, like Steve said, LeBron, I think, is the right. number one guy. He's just going to go zero dark 30 uh, about 20 games earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more off, off rust than even you, Justin, however, because okay. if I'm thinking about this from a team perspective, not necessarily a fantasy perspective, but mm-hmm. there's rumors right now that are quite plausible if you're watching the Lakers where, you know, hey, is, is Russell Westbrook going to see the floor in the playoffs? Are, are we going to trust the Lakers season that Russell oh, with man. Russell Westbrook? Are we going to have this guy be playing when we don't really know what kind of an asset he's going to be on the floor right now? And why would you start that in the playoffs if you're not going to start that in the regular season, start tinkering a little bit more? I'm not saying that he's going to be pulled completely, but quite frankly, it, you know, if I'm LeBron right now and I'm seeing this guy do these things that, you mm-hmm. know, I would not want him on the floor much longer. Right. And I understand how much pull that LeBron has with the front office. Quite frankly, it's just not something that I see winning. And LeBron knows championships more than I do, obviously. But I think we could both say that. I don't know. We, we, we both. It's yet to be proven if that Russell Westbrook is a, a winning player, as opposed to like Carmelo Anthony or some of these other guys, Malik Monk. I see minutes going up for them and then down for the mm-hmm. players that are, again, tend to be on the negative side in terms of box plus minus and other things like that. So I even see a guy like Austin Reeves being able to put up relatively even production simply because he's a guy that LeBron can actually, he looks at that guy and he's like, yeah, I can trust that kid. I, I can see him doing things that are going to contribute to winning. I, I don't know if I can see that in a guy like Taylor Horton Tucker or Russell Westbrook mm. or Dwight Howard, but I do see it in a guy like Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, mm. or Austin Reeves. There's just cuts in a different different vein in terms of these Lakers right. here. Yeah, I like I like what you mentioned there about potentially sending Russ to the bench. I mean, honestly, I feel like Russ coming in with the reserves would be better for him. Let him dominate the ball. Like if you put Russell Westbrook on the floor with, let's say, you know, let's say they have Horton Tucker come off the bench. You know, let's say they start like Monk at the two. Um, or no, we'll put Horton Tucker at the three and, um, I don't know, Avery, Avery Bradley at the, at the two, right off the bench, uh, maybe some mellow or Trevor Reza, take your pick. Who's not starting that night. And Dwight Howard, you just clear the floor, let the man run. I mean, he's not Usain Bolt, but he can run. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I've been really, wishing. That's what I've been <laughs> wishing Sacramento has been doing for years, man. I, I wish oh, yeah. they would get Ben Simmons and just do that. Well, a little late, a little late for that. Right. I mean, you would have liked to see that at the deadline. Um, yeah. Man, I don't know sorry, what they would have done. Simmons, Russell Westbrook. I don't know. I, I don't know why I said that just now, but yeah. Well, yeah, you you know what I mean though. They they wouldn't have been able to make a move like that R- regardless. They just didn't have those extra pieces. But uh, that would have been that would have been a nice little move at the deadline if they could have uh, ran with a uh, young Simmons, who also I don't believe has made his a uh, first appearance yet. Still uh, still waiting on that. But I do like the idea of that. I mean, send him to the bench, let him run the reserves, and spread out. Let Russ do whatever he can still do. You know, it would it wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, I don't think that would work though until Anthony Davis came back, so that you can let those two guys, those tie two high usage players, and LeBron and Davis just dominate with the starters. Let Russ come in and cook with the uh, with the reserves. Oh, I, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. All right, we are going to move over to our fantasy waiver wire, but first we're going to hit a quick word from the sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and of course, college football. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Check out the bet $5 to win 400 in free bets. 
Also, you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in Los Angeles. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. You can't beat it. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair. Then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors, just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Okay, and we're back. We are going to be going over our fantasy waiver wire, some trending players with low ownership rates. First up, gentlemen, we've got Brandon Goodwin and C.D. Osman of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we've got injuries right now to Karis LeVert. Rajon Rondo is out. Darius Garland has been missing time, but he did come back tonight up against Charlotte. Uh, who would you rather own going forward with these uh, interim injuries with the Cavaliers? Uh, we'll start with Thomas. Quite frankly, it would be a steady Osmond, simply because I, I, I understand there's a history there. You know, he's mm-hmm. been with the Cavs for basically his whole career and mm-hmm. he's production that I can trust. Brandon, a good win. If you want to be that guy who's going crazy and like, you know, balls to the wall in terms of risk, high risk, high reward, that would be Brandon Goodwin. But Chetty Osmond is a known commodity and I would feel much safer going with a guy like that. Plays, I like it. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I got to go CD Osmond too. I, but I also have gripes about C.D. Osmond, more about the Cavs as a whole. Great team, but you really never know if it's going to be a Laurie Markkinen night, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Love night, C.D. Osmond can even pop in there. So getting consistency out of that. The other night I bet uh, Markkinen over 16 and a half after he had, I think, back-to-back 20-point games, sat up 10. So it's yeah. just like, and, but that was the night where Kevin Love went off, you know. So yeah. I, I, mean, I think Goodwin – Good player. Um, it's just going to be tough with them. Garland back tonight. Garland has 33 and Goodwin has zero um, at the time we're recording this. So yep. I I just I don't think it's going to be there, especially when you throw Rondo in the mix. I think he's a part of their bigger plans. Um, they, they'll need him for the playoffs, too. They want him to kind of be that veteran who can show the ropes to all these young guys that they got. So I, I got to go Osmond here. Yep, I agree, guys. Uh, Goodwin, though, is the leading player uh, being picked up off of waivers right now. He is 19% rostered to CD Osmond's 9% uh, 9% roster ownership rate on Yahoo platforms. Thought that was pretty odd. Uh, Osmond, obviously, he's not a popular play, but I think long term, yeah, he's probably better than Goodwin. Goodwin was you know, pretty good in the stretch with Garland out three games. I do not see this uh, production continuing to go forward. So I'd say he's a you know solid landmine on the waiver wire. I would avoid uh, Goodwin um, at all costs. Osmond, eh, I'm not targeting him, but you know, he's not he's not doing terrible. Nine points, one rebound, four assists tonight. Not bad. But those numbers will likely revert with uh Karis Levert in the lineup, with Rondo in the lineup, 
Um, and then, yeah, I mean, take your pick between who's going to be going off between marketing, Mobley, Love, Allen alike. You know, a lot of mouths to feed there. A lot of mouths to feed. But good stuff seeing what Cleveland's working with this season. Uh, next up, we've got Jay Crowder of the Phoenix Suns. He's been playing pretty well across the last week, uh, really answering the call, I'd say, since Chris Paul has been out of the lineup. Uh, what do we think, Steve? Are we, uh, we uh, jumping on the Jay Crowder train? I'm jumping on the train right now. We just saw Booker. He's going to miss some time, time too. I think he just went That's into the right. protocol. Um, right. And then, yeah, I mean, you said it, uh, Chris Paul, six to eight weeks um, with his wrist. So right now I'm jumping on the train, Crowder. He's got low ownership, only 37% on Yahoo right now. Um, you're going to get double-digit points out of him, and I think it's just going to be, you know, some of the weight he's going to have to carry it. We saw in the finals last year he could do it. He had, uh, you know, a bunch of big moments. Um mm-hmm obviously in a losing effort, but I, I think you can do it here. They're one of the better teams in um, the entire, the best team in the NBA. And I think it'll be on his shoulders to carry him out for the rest of the year. Or until Booker gets back. Right on. Part of it too is, you know, Jay Crowder is one of those guys where he doesn't necessarily get the opportunity every night to showcase his skills. So part of, Part of it just is now that he's got that opportunity, I, I would not be surprised at all for him to start putting up more numbers. I mean, he clearly can do it. I think it's more of a case before that it just simply wasn't didn't have to. He could play some good defense. And, you know, if you're an NBA player collecting six, seven million dollars a year, you're fine with doing that. But uh, obviously now uh, I digress, by the way, he's like making nine million. Anyways, he, he can do this. He knows how to do it. And why why could he not become the the first or second scoring option in this mm. extended absence for both teams in a clutch scenario in terms of Phoenix Suns needing to stay atop the Western Conference right now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about him. Um, I do own him on one of my leagues, specifically where I have Chris Chris Paul now on injury reserve. That really uh, mm. that really hurt. Also with Paul George out. Uh, but yeah, I'll take whatever I can grab uh, extra from from Jay Crowder. Uh, adding Aaron Holiday certainly certainly didn't do anything. Cameron, Cameron Payne didn't do anything. So you know, might as well roll with Jay Crowder. Man, the defense on this guy right now, he's got 13 steals in his last five games. He's doing a little bit of everything, rebounding, assists, points. They're in double digits. Uh, definitely someone you want to grab off the waiver wire and maybe look into sprinkling on some props. Anything you can get uh, 24 to 26 and a half over, I'm good with that. I think he can uh, climb up with these numbers here. Uh, next guy up we have is Gabe Vincent. I don't know what the deal is. Again, with that same team with freaking Chris Paul and Paul George being out. I got Kyle Lowry out now, too. Kyle Lowry out for personal reasons again. What are these personal reasons? If anyone wants to share, I'm all ears. I'm I'm, I'm ready to hear it because this dude just sits out and sits out and sits out. I call it being old is what I call it. Personal issues. <laughs> Anyways, Gabe Vincent, when he's playing, when he's in, he's putting up some production here. What do, you, what do you guys think? Is Gabe Vincent worth the hold with Kyle Lowry out? And again, keep that bear in mind. We don't know how long Lowry will be out. He's been out two games. Uh, for personal issues, he was out, I think, 8 to 10 plus not that long ago with personal issues. So really no end in sight until we you know, get that final confirmation. What do you guys think about Gabe Vincent? Yeah, so I like uh, I like Gabe Vincent as long as Lowry's out. When Lowry's a part of the offense, he's really nowhere to be found. I don't think he has any fantasy impact or fantasy upside. Um mm-hmm. But there is a, it's like a crazy stat. I think he's averaging about 15 points a game at home when Lowry's out. And, you know, I see some coming up here with Philadelphia, Houston, and Phoenix. So there's some opportunity. What do you think, Thomas? 100%. Part of it, too, is 
you know, I think he actually has a lot of the trust in terms of Spoke, like with what is okay with giving him the reins to the offense here. I mean, he understands how to distribute the ball better than a lot of backup point guards in this league and put the ball in the basket at the same time in a way that's relatively Kyle Lowry-esque, if I might say. So Mm -hmm. just in terms of the trust that they're going to give him, in terms of the loose reign that they're going to give him this late in the season, I mean, we've seen already Gabe Vincent fly up the depth chart for Miami. I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. to see him go off in terms of, you know, a a stretch of run of form where he's like, okay, you know, Kyle Lowry is not here anymore. I got this. I can show people what to do. I mean, he's already the main man in the international in terms of, uh, you know, helping out Nigeria over there, beat the U.S. in the offseason. He has a little bit more experience in terms of being the man, being the guy. And and so that's, that's a quality that I would like to bet on myself. Yeah, confidence definitely helps. Definitely helps. Um, I I added Gabe Vincent. I'm gonna hold him until Lowry gets back. Um, it's not in the it's not in the same league. Someone else, of course, already scooped him up. Um, so I'm gonna hold him until he gets back. He is still gonna duel, you know, guys like Max Struess, Tyler Hero, um, Duncan Robinson for production as well. So like, there's a lot of shooting volume to go around with, between those guys. So as long as he's you know mixing in a good healthy amount of points, rebounds and assists like he's been doing these past couple of games with Lowry out, by all means own him. But once Lowry comes back, you know his value is going to be back to the uh, back to the waiver wire gutter. How about uh, Markel Fultz making his uh, season premiere with the Orlando Magic, finally coming back from injury? Uh, first game back, he is on a minutes limitation, but woo wee, ten, two, and six in sixteen minutes—not bad for the kid coming back in his first game. Uh, Thomas, what do you think? Is he uh, add now or wait and see uh, what he does with more production? Well, not just that; it's five for seven field goals and one turnover to six assists. I mean. That was incredible in terms of being out for the entire season. But part of it, too, is, you know, what sort of range are they going to give this guy? I mean, Orlando's already out, so I don't see the necessarily a need to play this guy big minutes. I don't see necessarily a need to, like, turn Fultz loose. Maybe he can. Maybe he's healthy enough to do so already. I mean, clearly he can put up big numbers, but I actually don't really trust that Orlando would want to to put him in a sort of a situation to reaggravate or just in general, uh, you know, just too much risk in terms of reward. I mean, there's there, it's a lost season sure. for them already. There's really no reason to, to put him out there for long periods of time. Yeah. Makes sense. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. Thomas hit on it with the risk. There's obviously some there with Markel Fultz as we've seen his career unfold and injuries have reared their head. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, yeah, they probably don't run them out. They have, you know, they want to see what they have in young guys like Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. Those guys can finish out the season, and you get Fultz some minutes. So he's, you know, obviously playing basketball, getting acquainted with what they have. Um, I want Markel Fultz to work out. I just don't think it'll have too much of an impact fantasy-wise, especially as we get closer to the seasons wrapping up. I don't know what he's going to be able to. I'll say I want him to do really well, but I could look back in a week and be like, damn, was I wrong on Markel Fultz? Sure, sure. It's really tough with the, with the minutes. I mean, when you're looking at fantasy, I mean, realistically, you need to be targeting guys are getting, you know, 25 minutes at least, I, I feel like. I mean, there yeah. are some guys. I know there's another name that coming up here that is doing a lot in a little bit of time, but that's the question is like, you know, do we trust that this production will also continue to extend when more minutes come? Or is this something that we just need to wait and find out on? So with this one, 
I agree with you guys. I don't think those minutes are going to come. I think that getting him out there for a healthy, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night will be good for him just so that, you know, you get that confidence back, you get his legs under him, you get that, you know, real game time um, conditioning, you know, back in his legs. I think that's going to be important for his off season. Um, but that's really all that's going to be necessary. I think we might see some spots where he goes off for some points. Maybe it's fun for, you know, some, some DFS, or if you want to bet some props or some things like that, you might even see him get some tall numbers with production like this, where you can smash some unders because you know that, that, you know, a night where he puts up 20 minutes, he's probably not coming back for another 20 minutes. He's probably coming back for 14 and 16 in the next night. So definitely someone to, to watch going forward. You definitely want to put him on your watch list. Um, if for some reason they start to low, overload him with opportunity in minutes, he'll definitely be a nice playoff stash. Uh, the next guy up is not news to us. He is more of a check-in. We got Jackson Hayes, who we touched on last week. Uh, Hayes had a very good start to the month of February and then cooled off a little bit, but the overall production that he's providing to the Pelicans right now is is very uh, solid and desirable in fantasy. Uh, Thomas, you mentioned him earlier. Seems like a pretty healthy buy, no? I actually have to be a little more hesitant than you guys. Part of it for me isn't necessarily the lack of production. Like That's great. Go Jackson Hayes. He did a great job this year. He still commits a lot of fouls. And when you commit a lot of fouls, you have to be on the floor less. And yep. I, I look, I'm looking at the stats right now. He's got over four fouls, like in, in maybe half of the games that I'm looking at, and maybe in a very small window since January 24th. So mm -hmm. that to me is quite concerning. If I'm depending on Jackson Hayes to carry me into some sort of uh, upper echelon of fantasy success, I don't know. If I think of this guy as, Hey, you know, I'm mid of, I'm middle of my league right now. What could go wrong? Maybe he figures out how to not foul. Then, mm -hmm. okay, I'll take him. I mean, he did get zero fouls in his last game, but the last time that happened, I don't know when. So we'll have to see with that guy. No, I, I did notice that, and he got into foul trouble a couple of nights ago uh, where he only played 17 minutes, so that, that was not ideal for sure. So I like where your head's at there. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I think – really minutes and opportunity his thing when he's getting 30 minutes he's a very viable candidate to have on your team um mm -hmm. but the minutes just aren't there they're kind of up and down obviously they've moved him around in their lineup which i do think benefits him um <clears throat> but man if he can't stay on the, the floor for 26 or more minutes he it's really tough um for him to have fantasy value. I do like him for categories. If you're targeting, you know, rebounds and you want to throw some points on there too, you know, mm. you know, he's going to add some blocks for you. And then for categories, low turnover, which you always want. Um, so I, I see maybe a little bit more upside there for him. Yeah, man, if it wasn't for that pesky old Tony Snell coming off the bench, he hasn't had any empty box scores yet. I mean, maybe once that happens, you know, they'll overload Jackson Hayes with that 35 a night, but Old reliable Tony coming off the bench hasn't put up zero points yet for them. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, they have an interesting lineup. You know, they they pulled Brandon Ingram um, out from the paint up to the shooting guard position, letting Herbert Jones and Jackson Hayes really mix in down low, which I really like. Uh, but like you guys mentioned, like those minutes aren't always there. Hayes will get pulled out. They'll pull uh, Jones up to the floor, put in Snell. Um, they do also have Willie Hernan Gomez, so there's some more options in the paint as well. I don't know. Uh, they've they've got some depth, but they're playing really really well right now. Uh, he's a guy uh, uh, that I'm just going to hold uh, until he gives me a reason not to. You know, we're seeing a nice little upswing in his production, 19 points per game in fantasy across the season. He's at 27 across the last month, so he's on a nice little upswing. I'm going to take it till he uh, till he's not offering it anymore. All right, next guy up, we got uh, Demarcus Cousins, another guy that's doing a lot with a little. Uh, 18 minutes in his last game and 14 minutes the game before that. 
but he's averaging quite a bit of fantasy points, 35 a game between the last two games. What do you guys think here? Is this something to get in early on or just something, again, to sit and wait? DeMarcus Cousins. What do you think, Steve? I mean, if DeMarcus Cousins was playing 40 minutes, he'd be the modern-day Will Chamberlain. These numbers are ridiculous that he's putting up in only around 15 minutes. Um, Obviously, he can't get out on the court that much. They're really – they don't want him to be injured. Um, We've kind of seen that. I, I like the Marcus Cousins. He re, he goes out there. You can count him at least for five boards. If he plays, you know, five, ten more minutes, he'd be looking at, you know, easily double digits. Um, it, it's going to be streaky with him. You're probably not always going to get these 19 and eight performances from him. You're going to see some lower um, points from him. You might see the rebounds stay there, dip just a bit. Um mm-hmm. It, it might be something I look at here or there. I, I don't know, though. I, it, it's tough when you're only playing about 15 a game. It's true. Yeah, I see tough. what you're saying. I see what you're saying, Steve, in terms of we've, we've seen this from post-ACL boogie, right? We, we've seen him go on these sort of hotter stretches and then colder stretches. And I think mm-hmm. if you're a fantasy player, you really want a guy like that when he's having the hot stretch, but you really don't when he cools off. And so I just wonder, with all these DMPs that I'm seeing as well, mm-hmm. and he's the backup center to Jokic, maybe now is not the best time to, to buy based on how much we've already seen him produce. Maybe that's that's some sort of a reverse psychology that I'm doing to myself here uh, in terms <laughs> of a guy's so good that he can't be good any longer. Uh, maybe right. I'm crazy. But if, if I'm buying on DeMarcus Cousins, it's because – I, I am hoping that he gets gives me twelve and six and not Will Chamberlain numbers. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. I don't understand what the deal is with Jeff Green though. Like Jeff Green is getting way more minutes than him and putting up less production. You know what I mean? Like I gotta feel like we can draw up a few things for you know Cousins to you know slash in the paint, catch an open look and just shoot. You know, to, to me, my biggest knock on him is the damn turnovers. He's got seven turnovers in his last two games. He hasn't played 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Or maybe just over 30 minutes, you know, between two games. So if he's playing double that or close to double that, you got to imagine like five or six turnovers a game. But (laughs) I mean, let's set him up for success here. Like, you know, let's just try to get him in early, get some early action, just drop some, you know, some slashes to the bucket and some open looks like don't let him handle the ball. You know what I mean? So I like him across this week. I'm going to say it like I like him from this week through, you know, the sixth. I think he's a decent start because in these games, you know, his best game of the season was probably this last one. 18 minutes, 19 points, eight rebounds, six assists. That's 43 fantasy fantasy points, excuse me, in 18 minutes of gameplay. That's that's crazy. But it was in a blowout win. And I think that they could potentially continue to blow out these teams like OKC. Houston and the Pelicans in their next three matchups. So yeah, I'll say Adam for that, but I don't think he'll have much value beyond that or realistically, you know, consistently throughout the season where he's just worth that ad. Like, I feel like there are just better options out there, but in really deep formats, I think this next week could be profitable on him. All right, next man up here, we have his Trey Mann of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I've been playing very well recently. We've got a lot of injuries with OKC. Uh, Seems like another easy one to me, but what do you guys think? What do you think, Steve? Yeah, this is a must add for me. Um, I think this late in the season, this is, you know, exactly the people you want to target um, who maybe didn't get the opportunity earlier in the year. And they've really been kind of rolled out uh, here late in the season when you got injuries, things like that. Um, Yeah, the points are there. He does a little bit of it all. Um, You like what he can contribute on the defensive end with steals. 
and you know he, he's kind of streaky with turnovers, but relatively low in his most recent games. Mm-hmm. All right, right on. What do you think, uh, Thomas? Well, in terms of rookies, right, being streaky with turnovers, that's about as good as you can get. And then there's also the scalability for me is one of the bigger things that I was really surprised by with Trey Mann, just in terms of going from a, a guy who got maybe 10 minutes a night to about 20 minutes mm-hmm. a night to about 30 minutes a night. I actually don't see too much of a difference in production. Obviously, night to night's a different story, but in terms of averages, I'm okay with that. And if I have to live and die by a guy like Trey Mann, then I would prefer to live and die by that by that kind of a player. Now, part mm-hmm. of it, too, is, you know, hey, like, okay, this guy – we played Sacramento and Indiana and the Spurs and mm-hmm. the Knicks. So in the last you know five games, hey, maybe there's a little bit of a bias there. But if I want a guy where I know that I can get reliable point guard start right here in terms of like a streaming option, yeah, Trey Mann's definitely on the higher end of something like that. Yeah, and, and the it shows in fantasy, right? Like he's owned in 40% of league, so it's a little bit of the higher end. 40% is typically like where we cap off our ads, but I it's 25% plus in the last day. So I felt like it was, you know, kind of you know, a need to get him on this list. He's been playing very well. Uh averaging 23 fantasy points per game on the season, 30 across the last 30 days, and 36 across the last week. So definitely someone that you need to add. You know, it's gonna definitely shake out a bit once some of these guys get back. Josh Giddy, uh Dort uh Dort, excuse me, Kenrick Williams, Aaron Wiggins. Like, you know, once these guys come back, you're definitely gonna see a dip in production and minutes for sure. But right now there's a lot of players out for OKC. Definitely someone you want to go and grab because they're not really playing meaningful basketball. They're just going up there and playing a lot of garbage time, throwing up a lot of uh, empty points in possession. So nothing to hate from my, from my end. Next up, Steve, it finally happened. Trey Lyle started. He started a game. The Kings did it. I don't, I don't know why it took him this long, but he just started a game. This is literally all that we have to go on. February 28th, he put up 31 minutes, 24 points, six rebounds, and two assists. Time to buy. Do you think he's going to be able to hold Mo Harkless off for the rest of the season? Yes, I do. Because he I, should have I held him off. He, <laughs> he should have held him off the second he was traded. Like he should have just been the starter. But I just don't understand the Kings. I don't know who does. I don't know if they do themselves. But I, I mean, he was putting up really good production in Detroit. I just didn't understand why I trade for this guy and not let him start. Like he was a starter there. None of your players are going to be starters on most of the teams in the league, two through the four position. So why not Trey Lyles? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Are we yeah, buying guys? What do we think? You're right. I mean, if you, you go out and you trade for him, um, I don't see why he's not just put in your lineup. You saw what he just could do in his first game with 30 minutes with the Kings, put up 36 fantasy points on 24 points, six rebounds. Th- that's what you want. I mean, Sabanis is obviously going to be your anchor along with De'Aaron Fox. Um, but yeah, I think Trey Lyles adds something in the post for him. What do you think, Thomas? Too small a sample? I'm sorry, guys. I got a break with you here. <laughs> I just I just see a 10 for 14, and I'm like, hey, congratulations, Trey Lyles. You had a great game. You're not shooting 10 for 14 every night, and that's unfortunately something that you just got to account for. The guys got Trey Lyles. I mean, they traded for him. Yes, you got to see what you got in terms of an asset for next season, of course, but – Come on, we both, we all, all three of us know that 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 trade was because we, Marvin Bagley wanted out, and there was a lot of controversy there. And then oh, yeah. you know Trey Lyles got caught in the crossfire, doesn't even know what's got, hitting him. All of a sudden, he's standing out in the perimeter and gets twenty five percent from three point, which is like a career high for this guy. I understand that he has oh, yeah. some great, he has some great three point shooting numbers. That's wonderful. I'm sorry, Trey Lyles, 
the moniker of stretch four still doesn't fit and 10 for 14. I don't know if that's really what I'm going to be getting from every night. So I'm sorry, guys. I got to break with you here. No, that's fine. It, it was a, it was a blowout game also against OKC. I mean, they're, they're playing the thunder and they're, they were beating them around a little bit, beat them by 21. Uh, but I do like their upcoming matchups, the Pelicans, uh, the Spurs, the Mavericks, not so great, but they, you know, they play at a really high pace. There should be a lot of offense in that game. Uh, Knicks, Denver, same thing. So I think there's going to be a lot of offense coming. I mean, do you think that, you know, Chimizi Mutu and Mo Harkless should be starting over Trey Lyles? Like, are they that much better somehow? I don't believe so. I don't know about Harkless, but I actually really like Metsu just in terms of a fit okay. with uh, alongside Fox and alongside Sabonis. If we're going like in terms of like long term, I see a, right. a, a way through using uh, the passing of Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox and mm-hmm. really using the athleticism of Metsu there. Also, Metsu actually does have a legit three point shot. I mean, he's hit multiple buzzer beaters this season, so uh, he's a guy that I would like to uh, you know see a little bit more from than than a guy like Trey Lyles, where I already know kind of what I'm getting here. Right. He's, he's, he's been solid. Um, Trey Lyles, you know, I would say probably has like maybe a couple more 20 point games in him, you know, more of a, more of a score, but he's also been in the league a lot longer, a little bit more experienced. I think Mutu would be solid off the bench. Harkless, you know, I guess he can be on an NBA roster still, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he can go off if given an opportunity, like he can score as well. Uh, I just think that Trey Lyles just gives them the best upside to start and finish a game first and fourth quarter type of production that you're looking for Uh, can still play, you know, on both ends of the floor a little bit, you know, Harrison Barnes can't do everything, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I see where I see where you're coming from, though. Uh, at a, not a high rate right now, only plus two percent across the last day. It's going to still need to be a wait and see from everybody. He's literally hasn't been doing anything until this last game. Uh, I've been banging the drum for him to be the starter since he got traded, so I guess I'm a little bit biased. I'm also banging the Enos Freedom drum uh, to get him back in the league, but that's just <laughs> not going to happen. One for, one for two is not bad. One for two is not bad. Hey, we'll be watching uh, that one. Next up, we've got Lonnie Walker, the fourth uh, San Antonio Spurs been playing very well across the last month. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, he's filling in that spot for uh, Derek White, getting a little bit of extra production there. Yeah, I think Lonnie Walker is a guy who can put up points in bunches, but then he can also go really, really cold. Um mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't add much beyond that. He, he's averaging, I think it was two rebounds, two assists uh, mm-hmm. on the year. I was to go along with 11 points. He, he's had a, you know, a hot streak. And maybe if you want to get on that, he's got some upcoming matchups that might actually um, warrant streaming him. That's about it for me. Um, he's, all, he's been this player. I remember last year when I was just constantly picking him up, dropping him just because Mm -hmm. I I could use, you know, 20 points on a random night on a good matchup for him. Right. Somebody would be out a little bit of an opportunity play. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What do you think, uh, Thomas? I mean, you just hit it right there. I mean, he's, he hasn't scored less than 15 points uh, since mid February, which uh, is not a huge sample size, but uh, you know, it's since the trade deadline. Exactly. Exactly. So if this continues, then why, why couldn't he be, uh, you know, a really helpful piece for a Spurs team that doesn't have a lot to play for. But Lonnie Walker here is here. You know, he's under contract in Sacramento for I'm pretty sure at least another season. So he knows. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's fighting for a depth, a depth, a depth spot um, on the depth chart, of course. But uh, the Spurs aren't actually fighting for any sort of NBA standing. So th- this guy right. knows he, he he can take as many shots as he want. And so uh, I, I think he would be a great streaming option as well. 
I think once we get closer to the end of the season, we might see DeJounte Murray get shut down a little bit. You know, there's really no reason to roll him out, you know, last five or six games of the season with nothing to play for if they're completely out of it. So if something like that were to happen, Lonnie Walker would definitely get a little bit more time between him and Devin Vassell manning the point. So I, I definitely think he's worth a hold for now. I mean, there's no reason not to drop him, but he's only 20% rostered, a little bit peculiar with the play that he's had uh, since the trade deadline and the all-star break. Uh, the minutes are there. The lowest minutes he's played across the stretch uh, since the deadline is 24 minutes. And in that game, he still put up 22 points. He's put up at least 22 points in the last three games. It's been very solid. Uh, so, yeah, must add, must own, in my opinion, guys. Uh, we've got two more left here. Last one, up, or second to last one up, we got Jalen Smith of the in Indianapolis Pacers. Uh, finding his spot here with, with the Pacers after the trade from Phoenix. Obviously more opportunity with a less crowded uh, big man group here. So I like Jalen Smith going forward. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. go ahead, Thomas. You, you got probably better take than I do. I don't have much for Jalen Smith. I was just saying, hit by. I mean, who who cares? This guy's goggle squad already. I, <laughs> you know that – you know that this guy has nothing to lose. I mean, there's been controversy ever since he entered the league in terms of like, you know, how the heck is this guy going to be able to, you know, play on an NBA roster past his rookie contract. All of a sudden mm. he gets to Indiana. He gets a little hot stretch. You can't touch this man. I mean, quite frankly, just why not? Why, why not, you know, find a way to bring him onto your roster if you can, just because mm. you want to be there when it's happening for Jalen Smith, right? You want to be there when a guy is exploding, when he, he does get on that mm -hmm. hot streak. And I, I just, I smell something in the water for a guy like him. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're going to be able to attack him for points, double digit points, double digit rebounds. Uh, if it's a good matchup, um, he re that's really his only upside to me. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of people I feel like in front of him too. I mean, who are just kind of fighting for minutes. I feel like a lot of those Pacers players are kind of interchangeable. They can run small. Mm -hmm. They can run a little bit bigger. I mean, mm -hmm. what what's the current update on Miles Turner? Do they know? Uh, I'll he... tell you in about two seconds. Uh, right now, is his expected return is three twelve. Still a couple of weeks away. That was reported on the twenty third of February. So he could be back in maybe somewhere from seven to ten days, but. This is another situation where, you know, you're 13th in the East. That that group is even stronger, you know, between, you know, whatever, 8 through 11 or 8 through 12 if you include the Knicks. Uh, so they're four games back from 12th alone. Like, I just don't see them getting in the mix. I think they might get to a point where they bring him back just to make sure he's all good, and then they may shut him down. Um, right now ahead of Jalen Smith is O'Shea Brissett at uh, power forward. He's coming off the bench. And then at center, you have Isaiah Jackson and go, 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 Batazzi. Uh, but they do slide Brissett down to the three because they don't really overload healed with too many minutes. I feel like that may be incorrect because he's been, yeah, he's been getting a lot of minutes recently. Yeah, he's been getting like over 35. So they still move him down. I'm not sure how they're doing, running that rotation then. Maybe they're putting um, Halliburton at the two as well and sliding, or I'm sorry, healed at the two and sliding Halliburton and Brogdon to the bench. I'm not sure how that's working because they are missing Chris Duarte right now. But there's been plenty of opportunity for him. Like the, the minutes are there. He's been getting over, you know, what, 23 at least the past four games. And he's only played under 21 games since coming uh, since coming over from Phoenix, which was absolutely not the case over there. I mean, when he did get an opportunity for Phoenix, he did put up production. Like that was there for him. It's just that when everybody got healthy, they were overloaded with big men because everybody got hurt. You know, JaVale McGee got hurt. Aiden got hurt. They signed Bismack Biombo. They still had. 
um, Cameron, uh, Cameron Johnson, uh, Jay Crowder, who we've already mentioned, like, and oh, and hey, look, Jalen Smith is here too. Like, what the hell? Like, super deep, deep at big man. This group is way thinner, and I, and I love what I'm getting out of them. Um, I, just another guy to, to hold on to until, the, you know, they would make a serious correction uh, that would revert you to drop them. I, and I don't see that coming. Uh, seems like they really like him. He's getting a lot of production. Scoring is there. Uh, yeah, until it's not. I say we uh, we roll with him. All right, last man up here. We're going to head out for the night. Really appreciate having you on, Thomas. It's been a good show. We got uh, Matisse Steibel. This is, again, more of a check-in and a disturbing check-in. What the hell, Matisse Steibel? Where did you go and now why are you back? Uh, apparently, he <laughs> likes playing with James Harden. I don't know what it is. Uh, he what dove into early February. Then he rose again, you know, like 20, 21 through 33 fantasy points across uh, three stretches of games. And then, of course, I pick him up, of course. And then he decides to go off for less than 10 fantasy points in back-to-back games. I drop him, and now he's going over at least 25 to 30. Classic. Uh, I'm staying away from him. He's on my shit list. Uh, what do you guys think about <laughs> Matisse Thibault? No thanks for me. Yeah, he's yeah, just so- uh, Oh, sorry about that, Steve. Uh, You're good. We, uh, we've been doing that all night. <laughs> However, um, Matisse Seibel is just one of those guys where the, the 76ers are going to view him as a winning player. They're not going to view him as a guy, you know, he knows how to pick his spots. You know, I think they really do trust him in Philadelphia. Uh, so I, I would see more minutes, more production from a guy like him. Obviously, a lot less of the load is being placed on him. In terms of defensively, he's going to be have to be that guy you know you don't really have a wing defender you have a guy like James Harden who really wants to switch when Joel Embiid's off the floor those off the floor minutes with Joel Embiid haven't really been figured out yet part of the solution may like may lie with a guy like Matisse Thibel so I I say why not I don't know sort of what his ownership numbers are but if he's not available in your league you might want to pick him up because uh they're only going up in Philadelphia as soon as James Harden gets there their stock is going up what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to stay away from Thibault right now. The only upside that I could see is if you are in a category league and you're down steals and you, you know, it's a Friday, you need a kind of a Saturday, Sunday, and you need to close out the week. That's the only thing I think. I mean, I, I do agree with Thomas that with James Harden in the mix, I think we're going to kind of see a whole new look Sixers team on how they play and what their rotations obviously are going to look like because they've been – you lost some players and now you add in James Harden. Um, I, I just don't see too much of a fantasy upside except for defense. If you're kind of needing that low turnover, very low turnover. Yeah. I just, I just don't trust it. And if you look at his production, like uh, for fantasy points based, it's only coming when he gets three steals or more. You know, if you look at the games where he gets three steals or more, he's got over, you know, 22 points at least. And that's really all like the big nights that he's had recently. Those are the nights that he's had at least three steals. No thanks in fantasy. I might take some props for over one and a half steals or blocks if that's possible, but they're probably going to give you a two. So if you can get one and a half, I'd take those, but that's about it. I'm, I'm staying away from Matisse Thibel. Uh, I am considered burned uh, by, by good old Matisse here. So I'm, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to stay away. I'm sure I can find a uh, better value elsewhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is our show. This was a fantasy basketball podcast episode eight. Got uh, Thomas from the Goated Podcast. Thomas, let everybody know where they can find you and anything that you're working on. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for having me on. Um, from the Goated Podcast, that's hosted by Warzone Sports Network, and we stream live every 
at 3.05 every Friday uh, Pacific time. So if you're on the East Coast, that's 6.05. Basically, think of it as like right before the game starts. So game starts at 7. You get a podcast at 6. We end at about 6.45. Get a little snack, sit down for the game, and then there you go. That's a great Friday evening for you. Uh, in terms of other stuff that I'm doing, I also write a weekly column for Belly Up Sports. I've got a great article for the, on the Utah Jazz coming out tomorrow. I also, if you're a local to California area, I do a local California uh, news show. So you get your uh, homework in. It's always good to get a little news IQ in there, get some regular news as long with your sports news. So go into California Today by NTDTV. Uh learn about what's happening in local California area. And then at the end, it's me. So I'm the dessert for sports. And so you understand some <laughs> California sports and then you get some Love California it. news. Everyone loves it, right? There you go. But yeah, that's good all stuff, for me. Good stuff. Very good. Very good. I love it. Uh, Steve, let everybody know where they can find you and anything you got to share. Yeah. Check me out on Twitter at Stephen Hammond. Uh, just appreciate Thomas coming on. It's been great. Yep, we look forward to having you back in the future. You guys can find me at T-I-T-T-H-J-B on the Twitter machine, and you can find the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at Gambling Podcast. Take care, be well, be good, and if can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.